Hey, it's Aldwin. And I'm Jason. This is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. We put our shit together so that we can entertain you. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Come back to life, Dick Edward. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? I, think, I feel like it's another ass comment, but... Jason Jason just called you on your bluff, and you, you came back and you called us an albatross? I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Aldwin. And we are still COVID free. Thank God. You and I personally. (laughs) Uh, But there was one member of the Australian Open crew in a hotel who was not. He was not. He um, apparently was a volunteer, not a volunteer. I know that by profession, he was a firefighter, but he was uh, someone that worked at the hotel and tested positive. So he was a volunteer. Do And we know that he was a he. Yes. I believe that when I did my research, it did indicate that he, he identified as a male. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and that caused a bit of a, fervor a bit of chaos more chaos in quarantine land of australia i know i mean on thursday so it happened this past thursday i was minding my own business having a great thursday preparing for my you know cyst removal surgery on friday and um thank god thank (laughs) god and i get a text from you and you in so many words basically said to me hey girl did you hear about the hot mess that's going on in australia again <laughs> <laughs> yeah crazy. it was uh i it was a bit crazy to read that um because of one positive covid test in a hotel that the all of the play on thursday was going to be shut down yeah um the hotel in question is the grand hyatt I believe from what I read, it sent approximately 150, between 150 and 160 players into another lockdown. However, the interesting difference here as compared to what happened with the hot mess of players having to go into a hard lockdown because of the positive case on the plane is that according to Jim Courier, now I watched this on his Tennis Channel interview, Uh, because he himself was affected, he said that um, players that then, um, players that then tested negative would be released from this lockdown, which is different. (laughs) (laughs) Little, yellow, different. That's a, (laughs) that's a Wayne's World reference for anybody who cares. Uh, Yeah, it's different from how players were treated when, some other folks came off a plane and tested positive and then they had to go into a hard lockdown. So your question is, if I'm being astute, is <laughs> what be the diff? Girl, what's the difference up in here? Come on now. <laughs> yeah. And listen, the only reason why I'm raising this observation is that there are so many people out there that are sticklers for following the rules to the nth degree. And so why is it okay that players are allowed to be released from lockdown in this scenario where the gentleman was considered a close contact 
And the other person that tested positive on the plane was also considered a close contact. You know, I tried to kind of rack my brain and figure out what the difference is, but I couldn't really find any. So I'm just raising the question. I'm making the observation. I understand that there's a lot of work that goes into the tournament, and I'm not trying to throw any shade on Tennis Australia or anyone. But, I mean, girl... What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to know that Tennis Sangren is probably like livid. <laughs> Li to the ved. Livid. Totally. But they had a tournament to run, so. Yeah, so they all had to get tested. And if they tested negative, then they were, then it was release the hounds, basically. Yeah, they went on their merry little way. I mean, think about it. I mean, it's an obvious kind of um, cause and effect. If you go into a 14-day hard lockdown, bitch, you are not playing the Australian Open, (laughs) you know? And I mean, it goes to show you how much, you know, how much pressure there is to, um, to have this Grand Slam. And so therefore, maybe there were some kind of behind the doors discussions between the health department and Tennis Australia saying, girl, we worked so hard to get this tournament up and running. Let's just allow the players to play if they test negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if this kind of scenario was considered. Like, what if within the confines of the accommodations where all the players and and their coaches and everything and like such as are hanging out uh one of the employees of the hotel test positive um i wonder if they sort of figured for that scenario yeah i mean based on what i've been reading and watching on the organization of the tennis australia team they've covered every possible angle so they've been super prepared and i'm sure that they imagined that this may happen and this was probably their you know plan a Mm -hmm. and you know to your point earlier before we press the record button we have to give (laughs) (laughs) we have to give kudos to all of those folks who helped organize this event that we feel uh, some of us might feel is already over but it's just (laughs) it's just beginning (laughs) Uh, just beginning yeah just beginning um so uh some of the players who were in the 400 pre Australian Open events uh, took it upon themselves to withdraw. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, before we get into the whole withdrawal story, I just think it, it bears mentioning that you and I are so excited to record this show. I got really into the 7 billion tournaments (laughs) that were going on that, you know, again, to Jason's point, Thank you so much to everyone that is working on the ground in Australia because it is true. Like, it is um, about entertaining. And for sure, I've definitely been entertained. I'm so excited that tennis is back on the docket. Mm -hmm. And uh, just just a note to uh, WTA Tennis TV. Until you get an app, you don't get to be on my big TV. You only get to be on my Mac (laughs) because... They have an app and you don't, and I can't baby. project to my big TV with the WTA. I just can't do it. Baby steps. Baby baby steps. Speaking <laughs> of baby steps, we should talk about Bianca. Oh, was that a read? <laughs> <laughs> because she doth withdraw again. And you know what? To the chagrin of all the fans, including you and I, and we, I just want to preface this by saying we are going to throw light shade to you because we are such huge fans of yours. And your win at the U.S. Open kind of 
ushered in this new era of Canadian women's tennis that we were ready for you to fucking like just take the lead and kill it. But girl, you have not been playing. What is up with that? Give the give the DL on what's going on with her for a second. Jeez, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, th- I we've you and I have had um, off recorder conversations <laughs> about what we think is going on with her. Um, you know, I think there is a fire within her to compete, and maybe a fear within her about losing potentially so i think there's a bit of that um there was in her press conference a little bit of excuses maybe about not feeling match ready but uh, to you (laughs) you and i have discussed well how do you do that unless you play a match so yeah i mean it just the fans want to see you and i understand that i mean in her press conference she gave the excuse that she felt like she wanted to be fully ready for the australian open she felt like there wasn't enough time between you know the tournament the pre-tournament and the australian open for her to be fully 100 percent physically and mentally ready to win the her next slam but i mean again to your point it's 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 worth reiterating girl you cannot get match tough <laughs> unless you play matches. Right. You know, and you and I, I mean, I'm going to include you in this, but Jason and I are starting to believe that you're such a type A personality, such a perfectionist that, you know, you are not going to get on the court unless you feel like you could, you are going to play to your fullest potential. But I mean, just as Jason and I have gone through our, <clears throat> you know, tennis journeys, you're going to lose you're going to lose and we just want to see you go out there and make a match of it and you know all of these ig stories that you're posting out there have you have you watched her ig stories by the way i mean her ig stories they were there were no stories related to her withdrawing and then the stories just <laughs> the stories just continued with her warming up and practicing okay so i'm going to add a little bit more detail okay. her stories were that just that uh, videos of her practicing, uh, videos of her on the court, and the subtitles were, the atmosphere here is amazing. So happy to be back. So why you're so happy to be back, but you're not happy enough to play a match? Like, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, come on, girl. Yeah, it is a bit odd. What did you think? <laughs> what did you think in her press conference when she said, uh, she talked a little bit about trying to get back into the zone and how she was watching her own play from 2019. And <laughs> she was trying to get into character. What did you think of? What do you think about that idea of getting into character? Because she actually used that word, get into character. I mean, I think it fits her personality as, as I mentioned before, a kind of type A perfectionist. Um, she did mention in that press conference that her watching herself in previous matches is not something that she normally does, but she used it to, as a motivation strategy to get her back into character, as you mentioned. What do I think about it? I mean, do I think it's whack? Is that what you're, is that like the subtext of your question? Is that the subtext of your question? Read into it what you will. <laughs> um, uh, no, I don't necessarily think that it's whack. I mean, I think whatever you need to do to get back into um, playing mode, ready to play mode, ready play tennis podcast mode is what you got to do but 
she, I mean, again, she said that, but she's not playing. Right. <laughs> so what's the point? Yeah. To get ready to play at some point, you just have to play. Yeah. <laughs> you got to play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even you and I, Jason, like you and I have played matches against people that were like, oh, my God, I, I don't know if I'm going to take this one. You know, our doubles match against Riddell and Jeremy. You just got to go out there and you got to learn from it. And I, I do think there's a bit of there's a bit of there's a little bit of perfectionism that prevents her from kind of getting on the court. Mm-hmm. And that could, you know, potentially get in her way going forward if she doesn't sort of bust through that because you know you and I know having lost probably lots of matches that you often learn from more from losing than from winning so get out there and lose girl (laughs) sorry one more thing I I just remembered she uh, uh, a journalist asked her you know what are your expectations for this Australian Open she's like honestly I don't have any expectations it's been so long since I've actually played a match that I am I don't have any pressure I don't have anything to prove. So if that was your, so th- that's why it's so confusing to me. If that was your attitude, then why didn't you go and play in that Grandma Cup or mm-hmm. whatever it's called? Grampians. You know what I mean? Grampians, <laughs> yeah. the Grampians Cup. If you had, if you have zero pressure on you, then you should be able to go on the court, play a match, and not think anything of it if you lose. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, she should have played a match. You know, got some of those hiccups or bumps out of the way before the big <clears throat> Grand Slam instead of now needing to see what's what when she gets into that first round. Yeah, totally. Totally. What did you think about the um, other notable withdrawals? I mean, there's Serena, Naomi, Rafa. Azarenka. Azarenka, our girl. Yeah, it started to get unsurprising. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I don't know if if any of that's related to people not feeling fit or, or, or... the effects of being in quarantine. But I think of those players, the only one who was actually in the hard quarantine was Azarenka Mm. and Bianca. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I kind of, I, we talked about this, but I kind of feel like, you know, if Serena was feeling that shoulder a little bit during that Collins match, she should have just let it, let that match go. (laughs) (laughs) Cause then we could have had the semifinal with Barty and, and Collins. True. And, you know, I think about we're going to talk about him eventually, but everyone talks about Dan Evans, who recently won his first ATP tour title as a journeyman. Right. You know, working such a hard worker. And you think about a player like that. In my mind, someone like Dan Evans would not withdraw because of a niggling, a little bit of a niggling injury. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you just want to you want to get into the heads of those players and be like, what do you actually think about these other high profile players being like, oh, I woke up and I feel (laughs) like a little sick. So I'm going to just withdraw from the whole tournament. (laughs) Ew, like fucking play, girl. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. It's clear that there's not um, too much concern or consideration for the money. Obviously, they're pretty well set with their prize money and, and, you know, triply so for their endorsements. But, you know, I think it does speak to some of the other players and their desire to want to continue and, like, Dan get his first title and, like... um, sinner get his second yeah so yeah i mean it's a little bit 
a little bit annoying. It's probably more annoying for the the ladies who who made it to the Grampians Cup final but didn't get to play it. <laughs> <laughs> I know totally. Which totally we should talk about. I mean, I don't know why they couldn't have just played those two matches on the Sunday. I mean, I got to believe Zachary would have been up for it if she had won. And uh, I don't I don't know who won the other semi, whether it was Brady or Lee. Lee. First of all, I'm not going to try and pull a Mariah here because I genuinely do not know her. And Lee, I had to Google her. <laughs> don't hate me. Don't at me on Instagram. I didn't know who she was. Before we get into the results of the 7 billion tournaments that <laughs> was taking place, and I love that we call it the 7 billion tournaments that was taking place, um, it literally took me 45 minutes to just, I had to I had to create an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> <laughs> of all the WTA tournaments and ATP tournaments that was going on, looking at all the draws. It was, it was a, a, an undertaking. It was intense. It was in turns. But shall, shall we start with the women? Shall we start with the Grampians Trophy? Yeah. And admittedly, I think at a certain point, I remembered when we recorded who was in the draw and it completely <laughs> left my mind. So I was sort of, who's in what event? Didn't really matter at what point. I was just sort of paying attention to the individual matchups that came um, to evolve throughout each event. But I didn't really know which tournament was which, to be honest. <laughs> Same. I mean, the fact that they're all playing at one venue didn't help either, yeah. right? So um, just as you said, Contavite and Lee and Lee shared the title. Um, do they share they something? Do the like? Do they get they get the finalists' prize money? Do they each get like? Do do they get to swap like the winners' trophy and the finalist trophy? Is that how it works? <laughs> like, how does it work? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just know all I know is that on IG they had a cute little photo where they were like play fighting over the trophy. Oh, really? That's cute. <laughs> that was cute. Yeah. You know, I don't know whether they each get winners points whether they each get winners prize money but I, I, all i know is that they're sharing the title i read that they will get finalist prize money and finalist points uh okay mm -hmm. all right well, i feel I mean, bad that's a cute situation i feel bad for our girl sakari though because she blew two two uh match points she was up she, nine she was up eight six and nine seven in the super tie break and she lost eleven nine and you posted that IG story of how she ended up losing the match ultimately. Yeah, with an elect cord. That's my <laughs> yeah. That's my <laughs> that's my go-to. Your specialty. <laughs> I mean, listen. I don't feel so bad for Zachary. I think she is in form. It was one of those matches that was a point here or there, um, and I mean, I, I think from the Grampians Trophy, the real the story coming out of there is Lee. Because no one really talked about her. And she made the Australian Open second round last year, lost to Kennan, the eventual winner. And um, I read that she, first of all, her game, it's hard to decipher the women's style of game because everyone, sorry, this might sound really shady, but everyone kind of plays the same way. It's all about like overpowering, mm -hmm. right? She, has, she does have a lot of easy power. Her forehand has so much racket head speed that she can do anything with it. But, um, yeah, good for her. That's all I got to say. It sucks that they don't <laughs> get to... That would probably be her first win if she got to play the final in one, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, Contivate is... She's always a dark horse. Mm -hmm. So, 
I don't know how, how easy that final would have been. I guess in least, I mean, I'm only speaking for myself, but I'm like, okay, if I don't have to play a final, but I share finalist prize money and trophy, I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> right. You don't have to put in the effort if, if yeah, there's right. a chance you might lose. <laughs> it's the same exactly. result. Exactly. I want to, I'll, after we are done recording, I'm going to I'm gonna try and find that video of them fighting over the winner's trophy because I want to see that. That's cute. So tell me, uh, I was watching the Azarenka Putin Seva match. I tuned, <laughs> I tuned out when Azarenka uh, was down. Well, I I was watching until Azarenka won the next six games and took the first set, and then I left. And then you left. Yeah. Okay. Reel it back. Obviously, on our IG. We posted a photo of Putin Seva. She has been one of the most vocal players in terms of how upset she's been with the hard lockdown. She raced to a four-love lead. She got all the oxygen and all the air she needed to breathe. <laughs> bringing it back. <laughs> then bring it back. Azarenka, as you said, came back and won the first set 6-4, six, six games in a row. The second set, Putin Seva destroyed Vika 6-1. And the third set got... Obviously, the third set being a deciding 10-point tiebreaker. Putin Seva was always in the lead. But you just knew. You just knew that because of Putin Seva's kind of um, penchant for losing her mind, that she was not going to have the mental fortitude to clinch it. And Vika, and this is noticeable from our interview with her, she was so cool. She was spraying a lot of balls out, but she would never be outwardly frustrated with herself she ended up saving two match points won the match 11-9 Putin Seva lost her fucking mind (laughs) (laughs) can I just point out that um, this is episode two and this is uh, two episodes in a row where you've used the word pension so I think we should incorporate it (laughs) into all episodes we should try to figure out a way where you can just throw it in there Pension. Yeah. Okay, that's. I'm gonna to try to say that word every episode this season. <laughs> maybe it. Maybe we just have to talk about Putin save every episode. <laughs> oh man, I did see. You know, she was getting really frustrated throughout um, that first set as she was losing six games in a row. So I can see how you know if she was dominating that second set and and you know ahead in the tiebreak, how that would be frustrating. I mean, you embody to me you do you do get frustrated on court we've talked about it ad nauseum in our first season but overall you're a very cool and collected person you know so that to me is a very kind of vika quality and it just goes to show you that the mental part of it is probably more important than the physical part of it Mm -hmm. you know like vika just had that edge of knowing that she was chill relaxed and she could do it. Mm-hmm. So, and then yeah. the other thing she could do was withdraw. <laughs> <laughs> right after. That probably that probably pissed Putin Seva even more. Yeah, it probably <laughs> didn't help her pension for anything. <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, was wish... that was the lockdown tournament. Sorry, you Yes. <laughs> you wish what? I just, I just said, I was just going to say, I wish you, that you were having a drink with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on, it's dry Feb, day seven, because it's Go for you. the 7th of February. <laughs> um, the Yara Valley event, I think, was the one I was paying most attention to, because I was 
watching Mugu, and Mugu was like destroying people left and right until the final. Do you have a thing for Mugu? I just, yeah. I don't know. I feel like she'd be cool to hang out with. I want to yeah. hang out with her. You want to hang out with her on an urban night when she wears her dress. <laughs> well, let's, <laughs> let's hope she doesn't make that choice again unless, you know, she spends a few days in Jamaica and then she removes it before she comes back. But, um, yeah, she was on fire. She left Canon in tears. She did. Did you see that? I did. You saw the end of that match. She was crying. She was hardcore crying, yeah. I was I was I like mean, she's uh, pulling an Aldwin. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that you should say because I was going to and I wasn't going to come after Kenan Sophia for crying. I just thought that that was such um I don't know. I was initially going to say that that was that I mean, did you really need to cry? But then I thought <laughs> of myself and I have zero at stake when I play against you and I've cried on court so <laughs> it's like the pot calling the kettle black. So anyway, yeah, she really wiped the floor with Ken. I think that she had Mugu had extra incentive in that match because she wanted to stake claim. This is my tournament, bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you better watch out. And Mugu was hitting so hard and so deep that Kenan Kenan didn't have the time to set up for her clean, crisp, beautiful shots. Yeah. I hope she, you know, continues to move up and just stays there because she's a player who sort of has good momentum for a few months and then she drops off that Mugu. So let's <laughs> uh, let's keep let's keep the Mugu momentum going. Yes. Okay. I want to ask you a question because I really don't know what you think about Ash. You yeah. know the o- the only thing about season one, the, the, what we know about. What we talked about season one is that I keep on forgetting that Ash is the number one player in the world. But I don't know what you think about her, her, her game style, how she performed at Yara Valley. She was obviously the winner. Mm-hmm. So what's your take on her? I was pleasantly surprised that she was able to pull out a tournament win despite having not played in like a year. So, mm-hmm. and you know, she has one of those games that can be frustrating and she has a lot of the variety that <clears throat> we enjoy out of Bianca. So she's definitely a threat. And, you know, I apologize for <laughs> saying things like who is the number one player in the world? It is, it's still um, a bit flemixing, if that's a word to know how she maintained that through a year of not playing but i don't know i don't know the point system so you know don't don't come for me (laughs) listeners because i don't know fully how the wta point system works but it is a little bit odd that she would be able to maintain the number one ranking without playing yeah osaka ended up winning a slam last year and she's what number three Mm -hmm. number two number three something like that I mean, good for her, though, for winning her first event back, and we'll see how she does. Do you want to talk about the tr- the trophy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we had a little, uh, you know, we looked at all of the trophies. Some of them are really cool. Um, uh, I think a couple of the trophies were um, designed by Indigenous artists in Australia, and Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Dan Evans and, and Merton's trophy, who is next on our list to talk about. Uh, <laughs> but Barty's looked a little bit like taxidermy <laughs> or dinner being served <laughs> or 
we had we had a few ideas of what we wanted to say about it on Instagram, and we Stop. made some decisions uh, to to edit ourselves. What kind of what? Okay, first of all, what animal was that on that cutting board? Is it a cutting? <laughs> Dinner is served. <laughs> was it's it was not a. It looked like a gopher, a gopher style animal, a gopher. It looked like a gopher. Someone will let us know when they listen to the episode. <laughs> I mean, that animal looked glazed. It was glazed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> not necessarily stuffed. Not stuffed. I mean, uh, we get that all of the seven billion tournaments preceding the Australian Open were an homage to many of the areas. Uh, in Australia, and we want to respect that. Um, I mean, but like, listen, it's a bit of a joke, but that animal looked like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what, dinner is served. I'm just going to keep it up. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Um, Mertens won the Gips- Gippsland Trophy. Correct. She beat Kanepi, 35-year-old Miss Kanepi, making her comeback. Six- Mertens won 6461. So that's very exciting. And she had a buy in the semis because Osaka withdrew. Is that right? That is correct. I don't know whether it was, she was supposed to face Mertens or Kanepi. Again, difficult to figure out who was playing who, all of the withdrawals. I mean, again, it took three hours between you and I to figure out on our Excel spreadsheet what was going on with all the tournaments. <laughs> but needless to say, I think the story coming out of that tournament is Kaya Kanepi Bitch is back. 35-year-old looks in form. Uh, she took out Sabalenka, who was originally going to be my favorite for the Australian Open. She took her out in, I believe, well, in three sets, the third set being the 10-point tiebreak. Um, but she looked like that hard-hitting Estonian that, you know, that brought her into the top 20 at one point. So I'm excited to see what she does in the main draw of the Open. TBH. And you noted that Halep and Sviatek got bounced early too. Yeah, so Halep lost to Alexandrova. Um, Alexandrova also beat Sviatek. And Alexandrova is one of these panoply of Russian players. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. Like there's Alexand- all of the Ovas. It's yeah. hard to keep, keep them straight. You know? Right. Yeah. It's hard to keep them straight. And um, but I mean, she wiped the floor with Halep in her match. I don't know if you watched that match. I did. She won something like six one six two, and she was hitting so cleanly off both sides. She made Halep look like like a B level player at Howard Park. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So like so, us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, Alexandrova, I would say, is a good story to come out of that tournament. And the thing is, though, you never know, right? Like, we're going to eventually talk about what's going on on the ATP tour. A a player could catch fire and then all of a sudden fizzle out in when it counts. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Maybe it was just like a, you know, one tournament deal. But, I mean, she had a great one. And that's that's great. Yeah. And admittedly. Um, this might surprise you, but I actually paid more attention to the women's events 
than the men's events, except for the ATP Cup, which I was watching. Um, <laughs> the the lead-in events um, for the men, I could only sort of keep track of the the late matches. So I saw a, the really great match between um, Sinner and Hachinov, which lasted Ooh, about yes. three hours. The, them boys be hitting and the rallies were like you know 15 ball rallies uh, quite often so that was a good match and Sinner took it and then took the title I didn't see the final Karen okay tell me a little bit more about Karen because she I think that she's a cutie but like what's her game like uh hard off the ground powerful serve you know forehand um yeah, he's he's solid I don't know if he can really beat the top players but he's mm. he's a solid player i just like sinner's game and um you know we're going to talk about the first round juicy matchup that he has coming up uh yeah. so he he won his second trophy and um evans won his first 30 year old dan evans you know uh, when i uh watched the evans felix match i couldn't help but think as one of my first thoughts that Dan Evans fits the profile of who you think is just a cutie with a booty. Because, <laughs> you know, he's got that... He, I mean, he has an athletic body, but he's shorter. And um, he reminds me of someone. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to... He, he shall remain nameless. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, Dan is... To me, Dan is like that guy, and I said this to you before our recording... He's that guy that you uh, are at work with. It's before it's like 4:35 p.m. and he's like, "You wanna you wanna cut work now and go to the bar, <laughs> <laughs> have a few pints, have a few pints, have a few pints at the pub." What did you What did you think of that final? Uh, well, Felix was off for sure. He kept spraying, especially on his backhand down the line. He kept spraying it wide, mm. and but I think part of that is what Dan Evans does, which is he, he's just very solid and consistent. Um, you talked earlier um, before we hopped on about the effectiveness of his backhand slice to really set himself up for when he's able to drive his forehand. He's got, um, you know, a pretty solid serve, nothing fancy or special, but when he hits it out wide, um, he's pretty consistent at winning the points. So I just, I, I sort of jive with his game because I feel like... Um, it's a, maybe a little bit similar to how I play. It, it it totally is. I mean, when I was watching that match, I'm like, you know, I, f I felt for Felix because Felix being, I mean, not necessarily like the biggest hitter on tour, but definitely will take his chances when he finds them. You meet someone like Dan who has such a consistent and neutralizing slice. I mean, that's your game, your backhand to a T. Like, I can't recall how many times I blasted like with all of my force and might my one-handed two-handed three-handed forehand <laughs> you know to your backhand and you're just like slicing it back <laughs> and it's so effective I was sharing with you that you know this is an unprecedented year you don't have the players don't have the same kind of preparation that they normally would so those big hitters that rely on match play to really fine-tune their hardest shots don't have that advantage and mm -hmm. someone like Dan who has a consistent slice will just drive a player crazy and end up you know make a player like Felix overhit and that's your that's your game yeah. I mean you you set up your forehand by slicing slicing people to death mm-hmm 
And let's give a like a let's give a shady shout out to the ATP memes account who posted a picture of Felix um, on the court in 2060, still trying to seek, <laughs> still trying to seek his first trophy because he's o- now 0 for seven in finals. For, 0 for seven? See, I didn't know that stat. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Since oh. 20, I think sometime in 2018, he's now 0 for seven. And Chapo has a title. Chapo has he? one title, yeah. Fuck, so that's tough. He's going to get one, but, you know, he's like sort of Lendl and Murray with their slams. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take a while. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> um, the ATP Cup. Uh, I don't know if we should talk too much about it because I feel like there's context within us talking about the draw where we can talk about the ATP Cup. But they, Russia won. They were pretty dominant. They won each and every singles match. I didn't really follow the doubles, but um, Rublev was um, the second singles player and Medvedev was the first. And they won all their matches. So question for you. Um, Rublev, obviously on our radar. We've been talking about him, started ramping up our discussion about him at the end of last season. Mm -hmm. You know, episode one, we're like, is Rublev going to carry this... Um, a fire that he started ignited at the end of last season. How did you find that he played? Ruby red fire. Ruby red fire, like his crotch, probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think he struggled a little bit against Struff, but he Struf. destroyed Fonini in the final. Fonini. Mm-hmm. That's where did he come from? <laughs> yeah, well, Italy made the final. They beat uh, Germany. And you, so he destroyed Fanini, but did he have that same, did he, first of all, did he grunt only when he hit his forehand? <laughs> pretty much, yeah, pretty much. But yeah, Fanini had no chance. He was just playing so well. Yeah, Fanini was a, another guy that was in that hard lockdown. So you don't know whether that was, you know, um, a factor in his poor play. But um, truth be told, I didn't follow much of the ATP Cup. I do know that Medvedev, I, I think that Medvedev is riding this wave ever since Paris last year of like, I'm ready to win my first slam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's probably the one to beat at the moment. Oh, okay. Is that your pick? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it. But yes, they, they held the trophy. They uh, I think they took out Serbia. Um, mm. And then, yeah, now they're the, the ATP Cup champions. Did you watch any of the Joko singles matches? And the only reason why I ask is because, you know, clearly with Rafa having a back injury, um, Roger not playing the Oz Open, you look to Joko as one of the, you know, what, what, do, we, what do we call them again? The big three mm-hmm. uh, to carry the mantle. How did he look to you? Uh, he looked good against Chapeau. Okay. Uh, I didn't see his second match. Um yeah, I didn't see a second match, but he played really well against Chapo. And then I actually watched the doubles match that they had against Canada. Oh, um, nice. Krajanovic and Djokovic. And Krajanovic played really well, um, but so did Djoko. So. And Raonic was, was a hot mess at the net. Did he cut his hair? I didn't notice. I don't think so. He Maybe a little that... trim. Maybe a little trim. But he still has got those thick thighs saved lives. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to start with the men or the women? For the AO draw? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Let's start with the women. 
All right. Okay, so we're gonna are we gonna do first round juicy matchups? Yeah, let's do the first round juice. Okay, I have a couple here. I don't know how many I'm gonna mention. Um, well, our girl Fernandez plays Mertens. Layla, we're so we're so excited to interview you, Honey Bun. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be very exciting. That's new news for people, also. Yeah. No, we <laughs> mentioned we shared that before. Just on the IG live, not a, not on an episode. Oh, okay. Well, I, sh- I should have given it more of a tease. But anyway, Fernand- Fernandez plays Mertens. Listen, Layla, you did not look that cute against Zachary. No offense, <laughs> just being honest. Yeah. So when you lose against Mertens, come on our show. <laughs> Even though we want you to win, yeah, obviously. She's going to give, she gives anybody a tough time, I think. It's just, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I thought that Stozer Aiva was a good first round match. They're both Australians. They both represent different generations of Australian players. Stozer looks like she just needs to throw in the towel. I love you, Sam. You won the U.S. Open, but I mean, girl, you just got obliterated in your ter- in your first round. I think it was like love and one or one and two, yeah, something like that. And Destiny Aiva is like carrying the the torch for women's Australian tennis. So that's going to be interesting. Not Gavrilova, uh, who Wade swam with in 2018 at our <laughs> hotel. <laughs> I, You know what? I like Daria. I mean, she played Serena in, um, was it Yara Valley? Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. And I mean, she also got decimated, but who doesn't get decimated against Serena? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, Truthfully, I think the two other matches that I'm really interested in in are Andreescu, Avi, versus Buzarnescu. Ooh, Romain- they, two Nescus? Two Nescus. Escus? Uh, Roma- <laughs> <laughs> Romanian women that are that are up there. Now, Buzarnescu kind of has the same reputation as Putinseva. She's always like every ball that she thinks is doesn't go her way. She's like what's going on so that could be some drama <laughs> but i want to see how i want to see andreescu's kind of match mentality yeah in that match and the last one i'm going to say is osaka versus pavlyuchenkova i mean there's really not a big popcorn match but pavlyuchenkova as you know is a former like top 15 player i think she was even a top 10 player mm-hmm. and osaka withdrawing from her semi I mean, they're both hard hitters, and that could be a little trouble for Naomi. Yeah, Naomi, I I, I probably should give her credit for actually withdrawing from the pre-tournament because <laughs> her Australian Open draw is, like, the worst. Is it? Yeah. I didn't really analyze that. Do you, why why let do me, you say that? Let me read the names for you. So here are the, the, the layers of top opponents that she could face if she goes mm-hmm. all the way. So first round, you mentioned... Pavlyuchenkova, Caroline Garcia in round two. Okay. Um, on Jabour, round three. Ooh, tough. Mugu fourth round. What? That's that's a good one. Bianca quarterfinal. Yeah. <laughs> Halep then Barty. That. That is tough. That's that's the toughest. I mean, I don't know if she's in Serena's half or not, but, but um, yeah, that's tough i mean listen i'm always gonna hold the canadian flag i don't think that she's gonna face andreescu in the fourth round no <laughs> so i mean i don't know what what part of the draw will uh, what player will come out of that part of the draw but to face 
Sorry, you said uh, Halep? Halep, Barty. Halep semi is Barty in the final. Bianca in the quarters. Mugu in 16. Yeah, that's... That's a tough one, girl. That's the toughest one. Yeah, and Caroline Garcia in round two, she she can take out anybody on any given day also. She's a tough player. She's a tough player, but I mean, she hasn't shown any kind of... She really hasn't shown her medal. I mean, I was going to say Mladenovich versus Sakari in the Mm -hmm. first round. Um, Mladenovich took out Barty at Fed Cup last year in Australia. She played the match of her life. But, I mean, Sakari looks in form. Mm -hmm. And she's going to take out... I think she's going to take out Mladenovich pretty easily to TBH. I think so, too. So, of the... We've talked about the first round matches. Who do you think um, looked the hottest and the best in the 300 events um, that that <laughs> makes them sort of players to watch. Obviously, Mugu, even though she was a hot, we didn't talk about her hot mess final, but. <laughs> so you're saying players to watch or like my picks to win the whole damn thing? Yeah, picks to win the, the whole damn thing, like early days. Who's going to win? I'm going to honestly, I'm going to I. I know that I posted on our IG that Mugu was the one to watch, and that's only because in her first three rounds of her tournament, she didn't lose more than three games in a set. Like, she obliterated everybody. But then she played someone in Barty with so much more um, variety that it made me question whether if she faced Barty again, would she be able to just overpower her? Because Barty is so is so crafty and so versatile Mm -hmm. that I don't know that she could pull that off. I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to say final answer. Barty is my fave. My senti, which is my, I've just created that word, sentimental. Fave is Danielle Collins. Do you want to know why? Because you just love her feistiness. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I could not stand Danielle Collins a couple years ago. There was something about her brash, like, you know, behavior where she would just say, come on after every point. But something about watching her made me just love her. Something switched in me. I wanted her to beat Serena so bad, so badly. When it, <laughs> when it, when it got to the 10 point tiebreak, I'm like, Daniel, you got it. You got to take your like 10 bundles of hair <laughs> because she's got a lot of hair and you got to just kill Serena. And so Danielle can catch fire. She made the semis a couple years ago. I think it was the year that um, uh, Wozniacki ended up ended up winning. I think that was the summer that you were there. Twenty eighteen was when Wozniak Wozniacki won. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so Collins is my senti fave. Oh, that's nice. I you know, <laughs> I I get that sort of college. <clears throat> player vibe from her and she's now sort of transitioning to pro and I do dig her energy and I think last week we talked about that how her and Kenan sort of had similar energy and mm-hmm. Kenan's now sort of I think calmed a bit uh on court but I do like I do like the feistiness it is fun to watch for sure yeah not to mention that her IG name is Danim- Danimal <laughs> yeah like she is, she's she will get you. <laughs> Did she, do you think she borrowed that from Stanimal, the Stan, Mister Stan Vavrinka? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I mean, you're right. Well, I agree. I would agree with you. I don't see Bianca making it. I hope she surprises us. Mm. Barty uh, played really well. Mugus played really well. Um, Azarenka is always going to be 
uh, a potential. Um, mm-hmm. I got my eye on Sloane Stevens. <laughs> 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 Just kidding. Well, <laughs> listen, Sloane beat Serena at the Oz Open a couple years ago. I don't think you can ever count her out. I love her. I love her game. We have the same shorts. <laughs> um, no, but are you being serious about no, Sloane? No, I'm not? just okay. wondering what's going on with her. That's... <laughs> I know she didn't play any tournaments, did she? She play. She lost to Layla. Layla killed her. What? Yeah, like one and two or something like that. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's like that's tough because I like both of them, but um. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I I'll I definitely want to see that match with Putin Seva. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, all all Sloane has to do is keep her cool. Mm-hmm. Really, that's all she's got to do. Yeah. So who do you think is going to keep it cool on the men's side? Okay. For Are we going to look? No, I'm going to ask you that question. Don't mm-hmm. try to turn the tables on me, sweetie. All right. I want to, I want to know what your first round popcorn matches are. Like hmm. you're going to say, I don't have, a, I, I don't have a career. I'm just going to watch tennis <laughs> all put, week long. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have so much going on at work, but I'm uh, definitely going to be watching some churnus. So, the two popcorn matches, I think, for round one, which starts in a few hours, are uh, include Canadians. Yeah. They would be um, Pospisil versus Medvedev. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I believe <laughs> um, Medvedev has lost to Pospisil twice, but per our earlier conversation, Medvedev is playing so well. Um, the way he sort of strategically kept hitting backhand to backhand against Berrettini and like keeping him off his game like when you try to play me on my backhand all the time (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he's just hitting it so deep and you know fudging things up for Mateo I just wonder I feel like Pospisil is is in a way a bit more athletic than Berrettini but I don't know. I don't know if anybody can beat Medvedev at the moment, but that's a first round popcorn match, obviously because of our, my love for Pospisil <laughs> and, and Medvedev for that matter. Yeah. You like, you like both of them. It's going to mm-hmm. be a hard one for you to choose. Mm-hmm. And then um, speaking of hard and choosing, <laughs> we have uh chapeau versus center. That's, that's the one. Yeah. That's that is going to be one. the, that's the, I think that's the juiciest one for for me um, in terms of how um, high quality it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I like both players and I would I don't necessarily have a favorite, even though, you know, we should probably be cheering for Chapo because he's Canadian. But I like Sinner so much. Yeah. I mean, did you watch him against Travalia? when he won his second ATP tour title? I did like, not watch that match. I watched the, I chose the Felix match um, to uh, watch in replay against Dan over the center match. I mean, uh, my takeaway from that, from him winning his second ATP tour title was that the meteoric rise that we documented last season, he is just on that climb. And a lot of tennis you know, former tennis players, one of them being Daniela Hantukova, was saying that this guy, Sinner, is going to be in the top 10 in minutes. In minutes. So it's a shame that Sinner and Chapo have to meet in the first round. I'm going to say that Sinner is going to take it. I do. I really do think Sinner is going to take it. He really is in form. And Chapo is going to create a 
a battle rap a ra- after uh, losing. <laughs> like a <laughs> like a territorial battle rap dissing center yeah, he's gonna he's gonna put out like a a mixtape uh, rap <laughs> against against him. <laughs> uh, well, I can't wait to uh, to uh, listen to that. Yeah. There's a few other juicy matches like you know K is down in the rankings, so he's going up against PCB, who's always solid and consistent. So that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Kevin Anderson's on the rebound against yes. Berrettini, who played really well and um, you know beat. Dominic team fairly easily yeah uh, so he's that's an interesting conversation because team looks a bit out of sorts and he's the most recent slam well no he's not the most recent slam champion because the <laughs> French Open happened after <laughs> the US Open he no one's talking about him no I, I no like no one is he is on no one's radar yeah. which I find surprising yeah should he be I mean, based on the fact that he got blown away by Berrettini, who's just like ang- hanging out with his girlfriend, Alia, Alia Tamjanovic, like the whole 24-7. I mean, he, she probably shouldn't be on anyone's general <laughs> <fans>. <laughs> Um, What about... Let me just see okay. here. Can I ask you... A, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah, go. Sangren versus Deminor. First of all, Deminor is seated... That's how out of touch I am with the ATP tour. <laughs> he is seated. He must. He did go deep in a draw, didn't he not? He won. Um, he won the trophy in Turkey, the other um, event that was happening at the same time as Delray Beach. Gotcha. That was not televised. Right. Um, that that to me is a fascinating matchup. Deminor is, uh, you know, hometown guy, and so he's gonna have the. Cra- <laughs> I was going to say he's going to have the crowd behind him, but there's no fucking fans. <laughs> <laughs> I think there'll be more fans for AO than all these pre-events. Wade kept asking me, he's like, where are all the fans? Like, <laughs> there's nobody there. It's like, you know, part of it is there's only Australians who can attend these events. So, you know, maybe uh, they're going to choose the actual Grand Slam versus these lead up events. Gotcha. Um, And, you know, after three weeks, are we going to be tired of tennis in australia who knows i don't know it's hard to say i'm not so far but anyway going back to my question he plays sangren mm-hmm. and don't you don't you find that juicy i mean you did a perfect impersonation of his ig story <laughs> <laughs> i mean sangren does well at the australian open he's made it to at least the round of 16 or and the quarterfinals one year so yeah that's when everybody you know pulled out his homophobic comments and made him apologize they <laughs> <laughs> are like who is this guy let's look into who he is let's go back into his twitter oh Uh-oh. oh Uh-oh. i know <laughs> too bad <laughs> too bad so sad you're a good so, tennis player but <laughs> i know you said some disparaging things years and years and years mm-hmm. ago rublev's so, playing well so he's gonna be do well and i think the analogy of where Rublev is now is where I think what you're saying about Sinner like Rublev was mm. in the the top 30 um, at the beginning of last year and now he's in like the top 8 so maybe oh. Sinner is gonna um, land there by the end of 2021 I, th- I mean looking at everyone I think Sinner, Rublev are gonna go deep you know what's really funny N- neither you nor I talked about C- talk, or have talked about Sisi even though we posted him on our IG in his <laughs> underpants. His, his, uh, hopefully soon he'll get into his nunda pants, <laughs> which means 
no underpants. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, nobody. I mean, did he play a warm up? One of the warm up tourneys? I never saw any results from him. I didn't either. I thought he played the ATP ATP Cup. Didn't he play for Greece? Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> didn't he play for Greece? <laughs> when I, I was watching how... on television, they were showing, TSM was showing the Canadian matches. Mm. Uh, and then they, I think they chose whoever was the more pr- prominent player. So I was watching the TSN coverage and then they would dip back. So I never really saw Italy until the final, for example, because mm. they weren't really gotcha. showing them on TV. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tsitsipas has made a semi uh, in, in, in the Oz Open. He's given me a semi. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see, you know, how he does. We hope, you know, he does well. We hope Medvedev does well. We hope Rublev does well. We're not sure what team's going to do and if he can get another slam. And then there's uh, this guy, Zverev, who was having oh my God. <laughs> challenging injury issues during... Uh, his last ATP Cup match against Medvedev. Yeah, Germany did pretty well, didn't they? Um, didn't they go far in, at the ATP Cup? They semis. they made the semis. Yeah, they made the semis. Yeah, no one's really talking about Zverev, but I think that's a good thing for him. You know, he's not he doesn't have any focus or attention on him. There's really not a lot not a lot of expectations. This whole Olga situation is you know it's seemingly like behind him, and he he needs that I think in order for him to produce his best tennis at the Oz Open. Mm-hmm. And then there's the top two, Djokovic and Nadal. Nad- you know what? Listen, Nadal. I think I, I hate to say it, but I think. Nadal is so bothered by his back that he's probably going to win a f- couple of matches and he's going to withdraw. I don't think he's got it in him to, to take it, especially on hard, on mm-hmm. the hard court, yeah. for two weeks. So, And then Joko, you know, he's always got to be a favorite. He stumbled, I think, in his match against Medvedev, but he's always up there. Are they, are Medvedev and Joko on opposite sides of the draw? Um, so Medvedev could play Joko in the final. So yeah, they're in opposite halves. I think honestly, I think that's the dream final. It's like the um, the one of the big three versus one of the torch holders for the new generation of slam winners. I think that would be the perfect final, and I I would bet my money that Medvedev really amps up and takes it. So Medvedev is my pick. Yeah, I mean, you can't really usher in the next generation until one of these guys beats one of those guys in a final. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So who is your pick on the men's side? Medvedev. I'm going to say Medvedev. Um, I said jokingly in my episode notes that Sam Query was my, <laughs> was my favorite. I, I I don't even remember whether I saw him in the draw, but I mean, like, it would just kind of be comical to see what he does. But um, Medvedev is my pick, and I'm going to say for the women, Barty is my pick. I mean, they're not exciting picks because they just are picks based on who's in form. Um, but yeah, Med- Medi and Barty. I'm going to pick... How about you? I'm going to pick Mugu. Oh, I would like to see Zachary make the semi-finals at least. I'd like to see her sort of break through at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, on the men's side, I got to pick Medvedev. Medvedev. And um, if he <clears throat> were to make the final, he'd have to beat his compatriot Rublev. 
Ooh. And then Nadal, in the semis, in the semis, and then if Nadal, or sorry, in the quarters, and then oh. if Nadal goes far, he would meet Nadal in the semis, and then Joko in the final. So he'd actually have to beat both of them, which would be very cool. That would be. I don't know. I have a feeling that that's going to be the path. I do. I would love I think that. that. That's a. Yeah, I mean, beat two of the the big three. I think that is the perfect storyline for this AO. Hmm. So we're going to continue to watch and see how the storylines develop in a few hours when the AO starts. Oh my gosh. So excited. So excited. Uh, yeah. So now we just got to drop off this podcast for y'all to listen on Wednesday. You can see mm-hmm. how we did with those first round juicy <laughs> picks. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, next week, I think we're, we're maybe going to hop on IG live a couple times. Yes. We're going to hop on live. We we've decided next week is going to be the uh, am I giving too much away? No, going to be the Christian Harrison interview. Now, listen, Jason, I want you to hop on whenever you feel like you want to say something. Christian Harrison, the Christian Harrison interview was everything that you imagined it to be and more. He talked about the mass controversy. He talked about his injuries. He talked about, you know, some diva gay shit that like. I just <laughs> it made me become such a big fan and I just want people to listen to this interview and make a decision for themselves about who he is. Mm-hmm. And I think that we did that. Yeah. You know? And I appreciated hearing him talk about his experience as a player who isn't quite at the level that he wants to be, but talks about how hard you need to work uh, to get there. So I appreciated his time and his passion and his humor and yeah the 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 diva moment <laughs> the diva moment i know six pack and a smile always yeah. gets me look look for it on feb 17th episode three whoop, whoop, whoop. for now enjoy ao bye bye we're here for your tennis tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is. But if you like what we're serving up, please give us a five-star review and like, share, and subscribe, and like such as. Wait, one more thing. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ready Play Tennis Podcast.